Welcome back, podcast listeners. It's 2022. I am so excited. I'm, I'm going to start off this podcast really excited <laughs> um, because I think one of the things I'm missing about this whole podcast is that the enjoyment of doing it, I've kind of just been doing it uh, and kind of feel like I have to be a um, uh, someone who's uh, on, on, on script, making things happen all the time, and I really just don't. So this is the podcast. This is what it's going to be. Um, if I'm going to have more fun with it, maybe you'll have more fun with it. Uh, it's going to be all, not all over the place. I'm going to do my best to keep it on track. But at the same time, um, we're just going to go. We're going to make it run so fast. Um, we're going to get it, hit it right off. I think here's the thing. Today is Monday, January 3rd. It's uh, 2022. Uh, it's 10:37 p.m. and I'm going to start off this intro and just go for it. Um, we've got the podcast back on, um, and I'm excited because I think we just I just need to do it. I'm getting so tired of waiting for January to come, and it's now here. And because I've just everything's I hate the holidays. <laughs> it's just so long. December is the longest month of the year for me, and. I've all I've said the past month is like it's going to happen in January. We dro- they dropped the new podcast in January. Everything works in January. It's finally January. I'm just going to breathe. Learned how to breathe today. Intentional breath in and a relaxed sigh out. <sighs> just let it go. Just let it go. Intentional breath in. Just let it go. <sighs> oh man, feels so good. Welcome back to the Strong Asian Lead Podcast, everybody. My name is Masami Moria, if you don't already know that. Um, we are a nonprofit Asian American entertainment resource center and community resource. <laughs> we want to help Asian Americans get better at their screenwriting, their acting, their careers, just to make let them have a jump start on their career and make you make Hollywood need you. They need you. If they're going to make it survive the next pandemic, they're going to need you because Asian Americans are one of the greatest mainstream untapped audiences in America. That's, that's, it's, it's just incredible. But Hollywood doesn't know it yet. That's the thing I want to teach here. So um, we're going to go new podcast, new year. This is what it's going to be. I, 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 I love my other podcast episodes, but it's going to be something different. I'm going to be, it's going to be me talking more. We are going to have, still have guests. I have plenty of episodes already recorded. They're just like terribly edited. So I have to change a few of them, uh, fix things. I changed the name of the podcast in December and I don't want it back. Uh, we're just moving, moving around, but here's the thing. I'm just going to go for it. Um, maybe there's a stumble here. If you're listening to this episode, it's because you've been a follower of strong Asian lead for a while. And I thank you so much for being a, uh, a consistent audience. Um, but we're just going to now put new episodes out because now it's January and I'm ready to go. So, uh, I have today we did our first live stream on Facebook and, uh, YouTube. Um, also on Instagram, we did it simultaneously. I have my Instagram going in front of my face. I felt like I was in a three cam, uh, three camera setup on a sitcom show because there's just so many cameras on me and I don't really like it. <laughs> That's actually, it's kind of, kind of cool. Um, I don't really do that for myself very often, but I didn't wear any makeup. I didn't do my hair. Uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> as I want to become an actor, that's what I look. I look terrible on camera. <laughs> I got to fix all my lighting, but I just did it. 
so I just did it. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm going to fail. It's what's going to happen. Um, things like things are not going to work correctly. But I got the whole streaming setup done within like an hour. I watched like two YouTube videos and I figured out all my little settings and stuff. Most of it worked. Um, it worked to a degree that I got an hour's worth of podcasting in. And so that's what we're going to listen to today. Um, so before before I keep moving on, a um, couple things to announce. Uh, please follow our clubhouse and our Instagram and socials and stuff like that. I'm sure you're already doing that if you're listening to this episode, but we are going to do more clubhouses. The things that I can do, here's what I can do, and here's what I'm going to promise to do this in this kind of year, um, is I'm going to be speaking live on Facebook, YouTube, or Clubhouse every day at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Every Monday through Thursday. That's a that's gonna be my that's my schedule. It's on my plan. I've made a whole schedule for myself. It's gonna be practice. Uh, I'm trying to get in bed by a certain time, but I'm going. To, I'm, I have a whole list of my whole schedule planned out. This is my new New Year's resolution. I have wake up at five a.m., five ten banana and juice, five thirty workout, at six o'clock stretch all the way until six o'clock stream streaming and clubhouse. So I'm gonna do that every day. Please join in if you want to ask questions. You just want to be live. Uh, share it out. If you don't, I don't care, but I would love to have you there because uh, it's really, I think it was really different experience for me to kind of actually be able to, to interact with people. I love the clubhouse format. And so I'm going to get back to that. But even this live stream today, it was like just a few comments and it just hit me talking and I get to see myself on video. I actually don't do a lot of video. And so um, that's going to be cool, but I do need to do like makeup and stuff because that was really terrible. Um, I'm vain like that. I've, I've become an actor and model and now I have to fucking at least, at least do my hair. Like uh, sometimes it's just all over the place, but whatever. I got to look good. You know, people, everybody, you want to get into that whole videos thing. you like, you just want to look good. <laughs> now I see why so many people do it, but they also just want to look good. It's why they want their filters. Uh, I need to get a filter. And so, uh, but anyways, uh, I hope that the next few weeks we're going to, uh, I hope the next few weeks is going to be helpful. Um, I'm not going to make this a long intro, but join the conversation. I'm just going to be doing lives. Um, anything else? Mm. Yeah, we're going to mess up. They're going to hear these little things. I'm just talking to myself nowadays. I don't, again, I don't have a partner. Anyone's doing a co-host with me. So, um, gives me little blips and, uh, troubles. I'm going to get podcast episodes at probably at least once a week on Tuesdays. And, um, anything else to plug? You know, I think we have a Patreon now. I don't remember. I think I did it. I think I did it. Um, donate to our Patreon. It might be in the show notes. Um, I'm not going that far. Here's what I'm also not going to necessarily promise, but, um, my show notes are not going to be good and my captions are not going to be great. I'm probably not going to post on Instagram. I'll post. If you want to follow us for casting, that's the other thing you can post. If you're, if you're an actor or you know actors, have them follow us or follow us ourselves and check out for our stories. If you want to put a notification on, I don't most, I mostly post, um, stories on, uh, casting. So if you're in cat and you're an actor, we're always casting for things. I'm not casting them personally, but it's some, I'll find a, a tweet, a, a Instagram post, a Facebook post, something. And I always try to post it on at least Instagram story. I'm, I hate social media. Um, Again, I just hate it. I just, I don't, it just sucks my energy out. But like podcasting, it's fine. It's talking. I, I can just sit here and talk all day. I can close my eyes and talk. It's whatever. And so uh, that's what I do. But here, I, what I'm, we're going to do and get better with is I need, uh, I need to have a virtual assistant and a social media manager. I need those things the next coming year. 
I can't accept volunteers anymore. Uh, I've had volunteers in the past. I really thank them for doing what they do. I've had some, I had a really good volunteer at Allegra Batara and she's acting now. So I feel pretty like, yay. Um, but she was awesome. But I've had other social medias and they just don't, they don't show they don't show up <laughs> they don't do anything and so I, I can't like i can't trust people to do it so i can't take any volunteers no more volunteers please thank you um but now i need to pay for somebody and i don't have any money so we're working towards getting a grant i have a grant writer uh who's working with he's being very extra kind and doing it you now pro bono to help me I, i'm doing everything i can to be like fast with my emails and get back to him um he's also very ill and very like I think he's old. He's very old. I haven't talked to him. He won't. He wasn't talking to me on. He won't take a phone call or uh, Zoom. He will only email. I think he's like, I, I'm too tired. I can do emails for a day, and I'll help you do this. So I'm super thankful. Again, Asian American community showing up for us. He's a Japanese American. It's got to be a you know 90 year old sansei. He said he was feeling better. So good for him. You know, so so glad he made it to the new year. Um, rest in peace, by the way. And so i'm doing my best i need a grant I, I need money i'm i'm running out of money to do this and so um yeah i i, I I'm, I'm running out of money i'm using all my rent money to do this so i need to find a grant uh, i wish i could raise funds i wish i could keep asking you my friends and for money but you know my friends are you know not able to donate and so and that's totally fine um i appreciate that just the extra support i really just want word of mouth so please tell your friends about us please share with us um we're going to make, I'm going to share this podcast, share our clubhouse, invite them to a clubhouse. When we're back, when we're going out and, you know, making events again, we're going to start doing in-person events. Even if it hasn't come out of my own pocket, uh, we're probably going to be able to raise money, but we're, I already have some people who want to sponsor us, um, and, uh, make things happen. Just like, you know, show up at the, uh, coffee shop, show up at a bar, you know, show up we might be doing a little a special event in the mid year, so we're, we're working on that. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I'm excited. Um, we also have our membership. Uh, I've, I've talked about our membership. I've talked about it as Asian Film Network, um, and you might actually hear Asian Film Network in later episodes. I don't remember. I recorded them, um, so if you hear them, it might get a little confusing. Uh, I'll try to edit it out, but um, it, it's our it's our online platform where you can sign up for each other and uh, sign up and find other Asian Americans, post casting calls, find casting calls. Um, we, we're fixing and developing it. So if you join it, um, I don't actually know if you can join it because I don't think it's live. I can't find the link. It's not going to be up. So it's really cool. I think it's really dope. I've showed Netflix and they said you should sell it to IMDb and that would be like fucking cool. Um, but we're, 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 we're working on it. So give us another few weeks. Um, I'm hoping by the end of January. And we're just missing the on big, biggest thing is the onboarding because um, I get a lot of people who sign up but then they don't fill out their profiles. It's like figuring out it's like we have to gamify it and like get people to like you know this is how you fill out your profile. This is why you want to fill out your profile. Like people would sign up and they don't fill out their profile. And it's just like their name and like a couple of their jobs. That's not what this platform is for. It's something really cool. So I want people to really use it. Um, yeah, and we're working with some other good people, and I hope to help people get counseling and, and find jobs and, um, you know, create an online master course of screenwriting and storytelling. Like, there's a lot we're going to keep doing. So, um, anyways, that's my plug. We're going to get into this live stream. It's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to edit out what I can, but it's kind of it's going to be kind of all over the place. Um it, you'll notice it's a live stream. It's not me talking on the podcast like this because um, I do need to fill out time. I know we're at 10 minutes right now, but um, just listen to the rest of the podcast. Maybe I'll cut it short and we'll just figure it out. But uh, thanks for listening. 
uh, and looking forward to the next year with you. So, um, yeah, uh, I just come to Clubhouse. It's fun there. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Different co- co- uh, co- topics. Ask me a question. Uh, share your stories. Uh, I want to know what you're doing in your podcast. Pitch me pitch me your film. I would love to hear about it. Um, I think it's cool. So, anyways, uh, let's go. Okay. Welcome to the Instagram Live. We're on live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time. Uh, if you go to the other channels, you'll see me. You actually hear me good voice on this mic. Um, but we're going to start doing uh, Instagram. Not the Instagram. I'll probably do the Instagram Lives here. But um, we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're doing these uh, live podcast recordings because my friend told me you should do record your videos uh, while you're doing the podcast. So... That's what I'm going to do. I've got my lights set up. I've got my live stream on Restream and on OBS and Facebook, and it's just nonsense. I've been working on it for the past like hour or so, and it's working. It's My computer's about to die, but it's working. But um, yeah, I'm just going to start doing more of these podcasts. We've been doing the podcast for about a year now, uh, almost two years now, but it, you know, podcast episodes are hard to edit. I can't edit all the time. It's not something I like to do. Uh, it was hard to find somebody to edit them. And when I did find somebody, he was great. He raised his prices. I couldn't afford it. Found somebody else. They were not great. I paid them, but I'm not going to use them again at all. And so now I don't have anybody to edit any of my podcasts. And so that kind of sucks. But at the same time, we will get when we get the funding, we'll be able to do that. But for right now, I'm just going to have to do it as is because... Ah, that's just how things roll sometimes. And I do need to get the podcast out. I want to keep doing them. It's important for me to do them. Is I want to keep doing the podcast. I like it because I think it's important. But also I just want to share it. So, But now that I do the live stream, it will be um, really easy for me to record it, uh, get other guests on, maybe you know, mute it through Zoom or uh, something else. Um, we can have our, our clubhouse. We'll be doing clubhouses on um, Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Uh, I'm doing probably the live stream on Wednesdays. This is a random Monday. I don't really want to be doing live stream twice a week, but I might record it just to get ahead of time and for podcasting or whatnot. But at the same time, you know, I'm just kind of getting into a practice of things. Even if I do it for a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, I can talk for a long ass time. So it's more about me just doing the practice. And if, if you guys know anything, if you're filmmakers, actors, uh, screenwriters, um, any type of creative, you know, it's more about practice than it is about getting it perfectly done. It's just about showing up to the showing up on time, um, doing doing it for an hour, five even five minutes, just five minutes. Start with five minutes, and you'll be getting there. And I can that's no, I'm not saying anything new that you don't already know, but I think it's really important that we're we're constantly creating and practicing our crafts. Um, and learning new crafts, right? Don't just don't just use the one craft that you might have, because eh, you might not work that well. Or you'll learn other things that help improve your current craft. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I actually started out in filmmaking and editing. Uh, my first, like, I started out in like photography. I had a camera. I was taking photos in my graphic design class. My teacher, Mr. Doms, was taking um, teaching us Photoshop and. Uh, Illustrator and you know all, a couple of different programs, maybe InDesign just a little bit. And at the end of the quarter, uh, I had actually had already, uh, I had already gone through all the courses. I had already done 
Photoshop. I got ahead of my projects. I came to, came during lunch because I didn't really have friends. I did, but not really. I didn't have friends. So I went to the graphic design class and sat on the TA's computer. Uh, my next class was graphic design. I go to one class. And in the sixth period, it was history class. And towards the end of the year of my senior year, it was like, we're not learning anything. We're just watching movies. And I was like, can I go to graphic design class and just work on my, work on my homework? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so I had like three periods three or four periods of graphic design. I think I took graphic design one. I TA'd for graphic design two. I went to for graphic design for lunch and for graphic design for um, <laughs> my sixth period. So I skipped out of class to go do that. But I learned a lot. And he said, go ahead, um, go to that cabinet, find a tutorial from any other program and just learn that. So I actually learned uh, um, After Effects. After Effects. I started doing like lightsabers and stuff like that. And that was cool. It was like it took me hours to do frame by frame. If anyone knows rotoscoping, it's a fuck ton of work. It's not as good, not as easy it is today. Today it's the kind of auto rotoscope, which is cool. Um, I don't even know if it would even work back then, as as the lightsabers are. But, anyways, I, I learned that program and I decided I wanted to do like visual effects. I want to do film. I think film was always cool, and I did that. And uh, I learned. I moved into those things. And so, what I had done was then take that skill. And went took it to college. I went to school and I figured out that I didn't want to do visual effects for the rest of my life. It's a lot of work. I don't want to do it, <laughs> Um I didn't want to do visual effects for my rest of my life. It's an unthinkless job. It's not as fun. You're sitting at a computer in front of your own screen working on frame by frame on things. That's not the stuff I want to do. I want to tell stories. And so I actually moved all the way from back from visual effects to... Um, editing which is another like you know frame frame by frame and then learning how to cut those things together i used to like reverse the video i'd throw a lightsaber and then catch it right so you use that force you just reverse the video um i learned that when i was a kid i'd actually walk backwards and throw something so i could walk forward and catch it um stuff like that and then uh, i learned that to get that footage you have to know how to use the camera so i went even from editing to the camera but to know how how what shots you want to take and put into the editing program. You want to be the director. So the director tells the camera person what to do so then the camera person can edit. And then you take the visual effects. But even further, the storyteller isn't even the director. It's the writer. And so I went to screenwriting, and that's why I wanted to keep keep moving that forward. Uh, And thank you for anybody who's joining my Instagram live stream. I've actually done... uh, We're starting the new live stream on Mondays and Wednesdays, probably just to Wednesdays. But I'm now on Facebook and YouTube on the live stream. So you can actually see me on this camera and on a good mic if you want to catch me there. I hope it's working because <laughs> this is the first day I'm using it. Uh, I just downloaded the programs right now like an hour. So it might be lagging. I hope it's not. It can't, I can't check with my computer because it's a shitty computer. Um, but I just thought I'd go on Instagram Live and just add this because now I have it on all the platforms except for Twitter or Clubhouse. But I can get Clubhouse on the thing. Anyways, the whole point of my what I was saying was that if I, if I had not taken the time to learn visual effects, I probably wouldn't have gotten all the way through film school or even just through through that part. My parents were very afraid that I was going to go to film school. I was actually supposed to go to like uh, in computer engineering, and I just didn't want to do math. It sounded like shit. I didn't want to do that. Um, all My whole family, except for, no, just me, I'm the only one in the arts. A couple of people in accounting at Paramount, uh, one filmmaker, auntie, who's just not doing anything, so she's living at home. Um and that's pretty much it. It's like it's, but I'm I'm doing it, and it's I'm I've done it for so long. I started college. So it's at least been ten, maybe fifteen years. Twenty eight by thirteen. Yeah, about fifteen years. 
uh, oh, 10 years, 18, I'm 28. Yeah. It's about 10 years. And, um, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I have my own apartment. I've got my computer set up. I don't have much. I, my room is this. I might literally, my most expensive stuff is probably those books because they're rare books, but that's it. Like there's, I don't have a lot, but at the same time, uh, you know, thanks to people like um, Mark Drum and Theo, if Theo's still on, you know, thank you because you're kind of like, you're supporting me. Uh, Theo's helped me with a lot of my coaching work. Mark is always there as a good support person and um, always supporting what I'm doing, but we're, we're moving forward. This is 2022. We're going to be here and I think it's really um, great. I'm excited. I'm feeling pumped because I think there's so much that I want to share with everybody. I haven't had the support system to do that. That's been the biggest problem. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I hope I, if I, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, I can't see the comments. So good luck. Um, but if you're on Instagram, you can leave a comment or ask a question. Um, but the, um, we, I just, right now we don't have a lot, of, I don't have funding. So that's the biggest problem. Cause I need, if I need funding to help have a virtual, assist, a virtual assistant to help me with the emails and sending out newsletters and all that stuff, I've got tons of links in articles and movies and tv shows for free that you could watch for free uh, i just found another one today my friend um mario gates sent me a video a movie called uh funk faking the funk faking the funk you can if you search faking f-a-k-n apostrophe d-a-f-u-n-k and you go on vimeo uh it's an old 1997 movie about a black family that adopts a chinese uh baby and when he grows up, I, I just skimmed through it. It's Dante Bosco and Margaret Cho. <laughs> like, I want to watch this movie. And I've got a ton of movies like that for everybody to watch. I've got uh, Hang Loose, Dante Bosco. I've got uh, The Cheat, It's This Way High, Kawa. Um, uh, James Shigeta, Nancy Kwan, uh, Flower Drum Song. Like, there are some really cool movies that we don't know about, we haven't watched with Asian American entertainment enter- entertainers actors and directors mostly actors and back in the day but we're not learning about them we're not watching their movies and i think that's really important that we're starting to uh capture the asian american um asian american entertainment because we talk about asian entertainment even netflix like you know i'm starting to talk to netflix people and i love you netflix people but they still want to talk about asian content not asian american content there's so much more i'm literally reading this book if i can find it Thing. It's called um, Asian Hollywood Asian Philip On in the Political Politics of Cross Ethnic uh, Performances. And it's the idea of thinking about if I'm Japanese American playing someone who's Korean, what does that mean? Right? There's a, there's a we're talking about authenticity nowadays, and that's really the conversation. But the question becomes when does it work? When does it not work? And uh, Philip Ahn was an actor from the 1930s, like the 1960s, 70s, and he was a Korean, the first Korean American actor. He was known as the number one Korean, <laughs> um, but he was also played all the other roles. He was played cross ethnic, so he played Japanese and Chinese mostly. Out of a hundred of his movies, he only played Korean five times. It's five percent, and um, when he played Chinese, there was a movie, there was a TV show called The Emperor of Chinatown um, don't quote me on that and it was actually interesting because actually it was Philip Ahn and Bill Cosby in this scene with another white dude and Philip Ahn a Korean was playing a Chinese emperor who was supposed to be speaking Chinese 
and Bill Cosby was supposed to understand Chinese, but in actuality, he was playing, he was speaking Korean. <laughs> and so when Koreans watched it, they're like, he's speaking Korean and it's not good Korean. He's from North Korea. His family's from North Korea and he's Korean American. It's like not good. And it's like definitely not. And he's supposed to be playing Chinese. It's definitely not Chinese. And so what's the idea behind the mask? It was called it was a masquerade, right? Someone who is something but looks like something else. It's kind of like thinking about when uh, blackface or men playing women or when men write women. Like when men write women, women see right through it. They're like, that was not written by a woman. Like they just know. They automatically know. And so that's the idea. And I think that's the idea they want to play with now. And I think we're talking about authenticity and Asian American identity. We're going to be saying, you know, who's playing what? When you're looking for a Japanese American don't put Chinese Americans in there. Like it doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make sense to me. Your Japanese is terrible. Um, even I, my Japanese is worse than anybody. Fucking, I don't know uh, Japanese at all. But at the same time, I just know some of the storylines you're not going to get. Your heart isn't in it. At the very least, very fucking least, don't have other ethnicities right for those ethnicities because then we see right through it. Right when I see uh, someone who's Chinese show show running a show about Japanese Americans, it doesn't make sense. Like I watch them, like this is crap. This is this is not what it's supposed to be because you're not saying, um, "Cool, man, thanks, Mark, thanks for that update." Yeah, for anybody who's not knowing, we're on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to watch us, go ahead or stay here. Um, this is our first live stream. We're gonna keep doing this weekly. Uh, we'll be on Clubhouse as well. Uh, I'll be actually reading that book. I started reading that book um, out loud on Clubhouse on. Uh, morning times around 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'm reading during that time, and so I might as well read it aloud. And so if you want to read with me, go ahead. You can buy the book, or you can just you know listen to me read out. Uh, if you like my voice, or you're just, you just know, hear me stumble, it's fine. Um, but you can also look at the replays. If you want to just listen to the replays? I, I, I did talk. We did read through the Bill Cosby uh, uh, section today. So it's only about an hour. I do about an hour at a time. So you can go on Clubhouse and look at the replays. I won't be putting those Clubhouses back on the podcast anymore, so it's not worth it. Um, but anyways, let's get back to it. So uh, the what I'm coming back from is learning about what Asian American Hollywood means to Asian Americans is much more than what we think it is. We really kind of express it as Asian Hollywood, and we look at Asian entertainment, Asian um Asian from uh, foreign countries. We look at Parasite, Squid Games, uh, crazy, even Crazy Rich Asians. Telling out had a lot of Asian American actors, but they all went back. They went back somewhere. They went to somewhere. Look at the farewell. She goes. She's in New York for one scene, and maybe two, maybe two scenes, and then she goes back to China, and then goes back to New York for the last scene. The last scene, like. That's not the entertainment I'm looking for. I'm like, yes, it's great. I like it. It was an okay movie. You know, that's my opinion. Everybody has different opinions. But even something like Minority was like really important. I didn't really care for it. And that's that's me. But at the same time, I see the importance of the storytelling of cultural preservation of something like that. Um, even if it's something that I didn't necessarily like because it didn't speak to me. Again, it didn't speak to me because I'm probably because I'm not Korean. I'm not an immigrant. My family's not an immigrant. My my father's not an immigrant. His mother's not an immigrant. Her mother's not an immigrant. So that story doesn't speak to me. So why it goes in the same reason if that if the writer didn't have an immigrant family, why it wouldn't make sense to this people who do. I wouldn't not talk about someone who has 
uh, read it, uh, talk, have a story, write a story about immigrant family. If I, unless it's my own story I'm working on, but, um, in today's age, like it doesn't make sense. I've done a lot of studies of Japanese American history, so I understand that part. And I, and I, my grandmother's still alive, so she tells me a lot. But even then, I know that I'm not going to capture that time of the immigrants. But also, they're all kind of dead, so I'm not going to be able to capture the audience anyways because they're dead. Um, but as you can get very close. At the same time, again, it's going back to cultural cultural appropriation versus appreciation. Versus cross-ethnic performances and even cross-ethnic like storytelling because you, you don't it doesn't doesn't translate. And I think that's a really important fact uh, key to think about moving forward. When we're looking at it, we really need to um, take advantage of ourselves because right now we're waiting on Hollywood to go and say, "Look at me, look at me, take me, take my story, do the thing. I, I want you to I want you to make my story." I don't think that's the way we should be thinking about it. We really shouldn't be waiting on them because then we're just waiting on them. We're waiting for their permission to do what we want to do. Yes, we need their money. Yes, we need their marketing. The biggest thing is the marketing. We'll get to that in a later episode. But the biggest thing is that we don't need them. We need to work together. We need to work smart, not hard, and more focused than anything else. Right. So what I mean by that is that we're not going to. mm, What I mean is that we don't want to wait for Hollywood's permission. Right. If we're waiting for Hollywood's permission, we're going to be waiting a long time because they don't give a shit about us. They don't. They think. And this is what I've studied. Right. This is what I I look at. it. There's a lot of statistics behind this. And so hopefully hopefully you can follow along. One. Asian Americans are 6.5% of the population. Marketing departments look at that as 6.5% of the population. They don't see it that Asian Americans are 87% of, of uh, 87% of a streaming audience. They don't see it that we're the largest audience of streaming device subscriptions and device holders. They don't see us as the largest population with the lar- one of the largest populations with the largest amount of purchasing power, and they don't see us as great storytellers. Well, that's all wrong. All of it's wrong. Again, let's go back to all those books. At least this this section, right? This 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 whole shelf. That's all Japanese Americans, right? I'm sorry, the live stream you probably can't see that. Um, that's all just Japanese Americans. That's like. That's not even all the books. That's all the books that I could afford <laughs> because I started running out of money because I bought too many books. And there's some books that are like a couple thousand dollars and I just can't buy them um, that I really, really want to. Um, but they're like signed and everything. But anyways, they're all great stories. Now, they're not there. Um, they're mostly just storytelling. I love them. They might not resonate with everybody, but there's so many books. There's so much to tell. There's a lot of story just within those stories. But if we're going to wait on white Hollywood to tell our stories, do you think they're going to be right about it? Do you think they're going to be any good? I don't think so. I've seen it happen all the time. Look at Kung Fu. Look at the original Kung Fu, right? Look at even uh, the last season of Kin's Convenience or Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai pisses me off so fucking much. I don't know why anybody watches that. I don't know why it's number one show right now. You know why it pisses me off? Because the Karate Kid, again, 
Okinawan karate. That's number one thing. That's in the fucking title. So it's it's. I don't want to say it's Japanese. It's Okinawan. It's very very big difference, but in Asia, right? The f- movie Pat Morita was in the first four movies. The second movie they go to Okinawa with Tamla Tomita. Um, those uh, chosen, which is uh, Yuji Okamoto. Like we have all these great Asian American actors, and as as a Japanese American who saw Pat Morita, even just as his caricature of who he is, I resonated with him. Like, ah, oh, yes, yes, Daniel San. Like people called me Morita. They didn't call me Jackie Chan. They didn't call me Bruce Lee. They called me Morita. They called me. They called me Mr. Miyagi. And wax on, wax off, kid. Like that resonated with me. But now. Um, it's funny because my friend Kent Morita just, his name was Pat Morita, right? So it's really funny. I can't wait to do that. But, um, uh, now Karate Kid, sorry, Cobra Kai, again, fuck Cobra Kai. It's all, mostly all just white dudes kicking ass. Okay. That's not okay. There's two Asian characters in there. Joe So, and I forget the other kid's name. Sorry, dude. Joe So is cool. But his first scene in the first season, he's an asshole. And he stays an asshole. Like, that's not great. That's not good. And that's a problem. The other kid, small, little bowl cut kid, wimpy little arms. Sorry, kid, you're just an actor, so, you know, not the whole part. But the point is the character's very small. And his karate is really terrible. So only the white people have good karate skills. I'm not okay with that. Are you? That's a kind of a problem. And Netflix, I know I'm supposed to be like the one who's like, hey, you know, watch the Netflix show before you do. No, I don't really care. At this point, it's white people doing Asian things. That's cultural appropriation. Okay? There are no Asian writers on that show. That is not giving any recognition to the Asian community. That's not giving any respect to the to the martial arts. What's up, Michael? And that's just not caring for our culture that's cultural appropriation now i like the story i like dan i watched the first maybe two or three seasons i love daniels i love Danielson. i love uh johnny i love uh the cobra kai guy because those are the original characters you can't do it without them but he could have married tamlin tomita he could have had an asian daughter he could have had an uh, another asian cotton asian boy how to do karate it's like you don't know your roots like that would have been such a better ass fucking story. You don't you don't know your roots. Like let me, maybe we'll take you to Japan one day. Like maybe we should go see your family. Like where's your family? Are you adopted? Maybe he's an adopted Korean kid. I don't care. I don't care if he's Japanese or not. Some Asian kid. I was taught by a white instructor, so that would have resonated with me. It didn't need to have another Hispanic kid, another person of color, just to do the show. Make it Asian at the very least. Make it Asian because that's the whole point. The whole point was that it was a cultural staple for Asian Americans and like karate. Like it was, this, yeah, it was, Mr. Miyagi was a caricature. It was a com- comedic relief, but I respected him, and I respect Pat Morita. You know, I wish he was still alive. He, you know, seems like a cool dude. He's a huge alcoholic, but we, I think that's a really fascinating point. He's done movies forever. So, anyways, going back to the whole point here is that we need to start forgetting about Hollywood. They're not looking for us to do it. So we need to do it ourselves. So if anybody knows what I'm doing here, it's really more about, it's about education and working towards a better Hollywood for us, right? So when you think about it, we need to start working together 
about what our stories we've told. We're not looking for Hollywood to tell us what how they want us to tell our stories. Oh yeah, Michael, Pat, watched. Okay, quick side note: um, Pat Morita was a huge alcoholic. He was on set every day, just drunk. You would never know it. He, they said he'd never know it, never smell it on him. But you'd go to his trailer and drink a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> um, it watched the movie documentary um, more than Miyagi on on Amazon Prime. Pay the four bucks, watch it. It's it's fantastic. I'm gonna do a, a podcast episode with Ashwini Prasad from Inclusive Storyteller uh, about him because I think his life is amazing. But he was he was a comedian. Uh, he, was, he did stand up. You can watch if you if you Google on YouTube, you can find his old stand up shows. Yeah, they're not that great, but um, they're there. I found a whole TV series. It's called Ohara. It's Pat Morita's TV show. He did like uh, 28 episodes, 29, 30, maybe 30 episodes. They're missing the pilot and the end episode. I can't find it. They're, they said they, they only recorded VHS versions of that uh, from the stream. So I have to go talk to the distributor. Um, so we're going to find that. I want to, I'm like for that kind of stuff. That's okay. That's the kind of example I want to do for our community, right? It's that these things are missing from history and we can't even watch them anymore. I want to help find those TV shows, those movies that have been erased from history and put them back onto DVDs, put them into streaming channels. Okay, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, whoever's picked me up, like I'm telling you, if you take Asian American entertainment and put it on your platforms, we're going to fucking watch it because it's fucking cool. There's so much to watch. Even the shitty films are like pretty good to watch. So I've been watching, I don't even watch other shows nowadays. I do every once in a while, but I have a whole flash drive somewhere on here. Um, here's it is. I have a whole flash drive of just like movies of Asian American cinema, uh, some Japanese cinema, but mostly Asian American cinema categorized in documentaries, narrative, web series, and TV shows. And there's a lot, and there's a lot I'm still missing. And that's something that I want, I'm trying to do with Asian, strong Asian lead is that I'm going to put those all out in a newsletter, right? When you subscribe to the newsletter, you go sign up on our platform, uh, our membership platform, like the, here, the watch of the week, like watch this film, watch this old stuff from 1960s. Like we haven't watched those. Like we're going to start doing that. Now we have other plans for these things in the future, um, but there's so much to watch and so much to do. And it resonates with me more than anything else that's on TV these days. Excuse me. Ooh, that did not... Ugh. Not taste good. I'm sorry. You didn't see that on camera. That's that's television business. So, yeah, that's um that's what I'm gonna do, and that's what I want to do with Strong Asian Lead. And so I hope people keep following. I know there's only like six viewers right now, but I thank you all for watching. This is my first live stream. Uh, I don't do a lot of live streams on Instagram. You can and anybody who's still watching again, we're on Facebook and YouTube. So if you go to Strong Asian Lead on both of those platforms, you can watch the live, get the video. I'm probably looking at the wrong camera, but you can get the audio version and we'll probably record, pick this audio into the podcast. You know, systems got to make them work all the time. Think smart, not hard. Right? So that's the whole, that's what I'm trying to do here. Um, there's a lot of work and my problem right now, my problem, and I beg of you, anybody who's listening has, has an extra penny to spare. Um, we're out of funding. Like we're, I'm, I'm pretty much actually broke. I'm going into my savings just to keep this up. I don't have an income. This isn't paid. I don't have any grants. That is kind of the problem. I'm working with a grant writer right now. I'm hopefully getting some grants. I got some, of my one pagers, I got my budget list. I don't have it yet. And so I'm really dipping into my you know, rent savings and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to get a job as an actor, as a model, because, you know, I got to pay my bill somehow. I'll sell my body. And so anyways, I hope that um, that we can keep building together. Again, we need to make Hollywood for ourselves. And so 
if we're not working on um, perfecting our craft. And so here's another offer. Here's what I'm also doing. Okay. So I'm launching the uh, script sensei method. Okay. The script sensei method is taking your career and becoming a teacher. Okay. Let me say that again. It's taking your career and becoming a teacher. It's not about becoming the best screenwriter. It's about becoming the best storyteller and teaching something, whether you're an actor or not necessarily an actor, but you can be, <clears throat> but mostly it's for screenwriters and, um, and for storytellers and directors, right? So this, the screenwriting, the, and I'm still forgetting, I'm still getting used to it. Probably the first time I said it out loud. Um, uh, the script sensei method is to take the idea of what you're trying, the story you're trying to tell and become the teacher. Don't just try to write the story. If you try to write the story or any story, it's not going to get you very far. It's not. Okay. If you try to be something that you're not and try to write something that you're not, they're not going to believe you. Why? Why would you? If you're a Filipino and you try to take a, a I don't know, a, a Mar- not an American story. Just, uh, I keep doing Native American because I feel like that's the strongest one. If you're Filipino-American and you're taking a, Na- a Native American story, do you think you're really going to be able to tell that story correctly? Do you think that a uh, Native American is going to say, yeah, that represents me. That's totally correct. They got every single thing right. If you're a man trying to write a story about a woman, do you think that's going to go over well? No. Do you think that somebody should going to say a woman should be writing that? Probably. So why would you be someone who writes about a race that's not yours, a sexuality that's not yours, a gender that's not yours, anything of the sort? Why? Why would you do that? And if you're not an expert at it, who's going to believe that it's correct? Right? Yeah, it might be sci-fi. It might be fake, nonfiction, drama, whatever. It's fine. Become an expert at it. Become a teacher. Become really fucking good at it because then no one can deny you that you're not smart about it. Right? So my subject, and I don't care about sharing my own subject because you're not going to get there. I'm already a good expert at it, is Asian American history, more specifically Japanese American history. Right? I am so fucking smart about it. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to be shy about it. I'm fucking smart about Japanese American history because I can tell you the psychological fractions and disruptions within the Japanese American community because of World War II. Right? There's so much because of me. I am Japanese American. I am mixed race. There's a reason why I'm mixed race is because there's so much hate for the Japanese American community within our own community that they didn't want to marry Japanese. Right? When I look at myself, I am the factor of World War II. My grandmother's still alive. She still has problems with World War II. My aunts, I just had dinner with them the other night. They're still talking about World War II because because of the government. They're making the things. Now, they're conspiracy theorists. They're really pulling strings. And it's really sad to see them like really not have, like not be stressed. They're constantly uh, anxious and worried that their government's going to take over. And not that they're wrong, but at the same time, it's disrupting their own lives. That's, and that pains me. That pains me to show you that people don't know that the Japanese American community is fucked up in their heads. Now, I love a lot. Of them. I love my community. I love them, and no matter what kind of state they're in. But at the same time, when you, when a lot of the community members are just not not well from that, they they saw a lot of issues. And, and my family had had police violence at, in the 1980s. Like that wasn't helpful either. And that was because they're racially charged. Now. Would you be able to tell that story? 
I don't, I don't see, I really don't see any Japanese Americans on this feed. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry if you are, and I'm not seeing, I don't know who, you know who you are, but if you don't know that, and if you're not a part of the Japanese American, I can even be able to feel it. I can feel it because I, I live it. I live with my aunts, my dad, my dad does the same thing. My grandma's still alive. My uncle's still around and he's living with a colonizer uncle. <laughs> not healthy, but I know it because I've lived it. Now, I would never be able to tell a Filipino story or Native American story, Chinese story, Vietnamese story, and I don't want to. One, not that I don't want to because, you know, they're fucking cool stories, but it's not my story to tell, right? It's not my story to tell. And if even if I tried to did tell it, I probably wouldn't do it correctly. I wouldn't do it justice. And I could bring in somebody. I could say, be a consultant, but I wouldn't want to even do that because a consultant just becomes someone who consults you every once in a while. I would want a partner. I would want someone to screenwrite with me. Even if you're not even if you're not the actual screenwriter, someone who's going to be with me every day or once a week or whatever it might be to tell me new stories. I'd probably go to your house and live with you for a while just to like tell you, like hit, hit me up and you be on the credit of the list. You'd be on the credit list because one, you need that. That's that's something that it's your story. I'd be the screenwriter. I can get the historical things. I can look at books all day. I can look at testimonials all day and read things. But I'm never become the teacher. I can tell you that a brief overview. As much as the public system, public education system, give you a brief overview, that's probably what I can I can do a little better, of course. But not as good as someone who lived it. But not as someone who's even lived some like through their family members. It's not the same. So the script sensei method. It's about becoming the teacher so you can teach Hollywood and that they can't, they can't do anything about it. So it's not even about writing the best script because I got my manager without, with a shitty script, but I gave him a good ass pitch. So I showed him exactly what I'm going to do, exactly how this story plays out, what is supposed to happen and why it's important to tell. That's what matters. That's what matters most. I thought I had a, I gave him a real, my sizzle reel. And one day, if I was on my system, maybe I should go. If I actually, if I go to OBS and if I go to, can I play it? Zoom. If I could find it, I will play it on the, if you go to Facebook and YouTube, Facebook and YouTube, I will show you um, the sizzle I'd made <clears throat> for, no, it's not that one. Um Ooh, don't know where I'm gonna put it. Oh, it's probably in the hard drive somewhere. Um, I will show you. I will show you the system. Oh, I'll put it on. Can I put it on YouTube? It's on Vimeo. Um, if I can find it, I will send it and put it up. But Instagram people won't see anyways. So um, I showed him a five, a two minute sizzle. Okay, I made a two minute. We call it a ripomatic. You take a bunch of movies, you cut them up, and you put them into a two minute trailer. Okay. It looks and feels and sounds like a movie trailer because you want to evoke that emotion. Now, don't go over two minutes because you don't want to make it. You don't want to make it something that they have to sit through sixteen minutes of. That's why I stopped doing short films. Like short films, like yeah, I want to do it in two minutes or no more than five minutes. If it's sixteen minutes, I don't want to watch it. If it's sixteen minutes, I probably don't watch it. You send me a sixteen-minute film, short film, I don't watch it. I'll be honest. I've sent I've, my friends have sent me like. Good film. <laughs> Love you. Good film. Unless you really want feedback, I'm going to give you my real feedback. But no, no, I can't undo that because then it'll not go. Um, sorry, I'm going to change that. Um, 
David, one thing I've noticed consistently on backstage is that many AFI students, filmmakers, only want to cast white actors or Mandarin-speaking actors. That doesn't seem to be a great out. Yeah, that's something. You sh- let's connect about that later again too, because I think that's really fascinating. That, and that's that's the problem. So when I, if I, if I'm being very clear, when I was, is this gonna go? <clears throat> when I was um, two year, two years out of college, um, I was when I was writing screenplays. When I write my first three screenplays, one, two, at least three screenplays, I wrote about white people. Yep. Because I thought that was the way the industry works. Because I never saw any Asian people on the screen. I never seen, saw any Asian people who were speaking perfect English. Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael, you told, and right, that's the whole thing. It's like, I think AAP, AAPI view AAPI's actors as having lesser value than white actors. Which you can't fault them for, right? You can't fault them because Hollywood devalues Asian people in general. But they also devalue uh, Asian Americans even more. And so I'm trying to find this for you so I don't have to, so I can can show you people. Um, Maybe I'll even like turn my camera around so we can watch it. Um, So you can't even fault them for that because that's what, that's what you want. If you put Asian person on it, you go to Asian film festival. HBO doesn't go to HBO. I talked to an executive at HBO and they're like, I actually asked them point blank. Do you go to Asian American film festivals? She's like, no. It's too niche. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, you too niche. There's 33 Asian American film festivals in the United States alone. Fuck you. So, God, she's not working in it anymore, so thank God. Um, can I? Is it not going to? Why is it not? It's never easy to find when I want to. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, and that's, know that too. Don't, don't be like that. <clears throat> so, they devalue them. So, people, you know, myself even said, like, I need to write about white people because that's the only way it's going to sell, which makes sense because there's white managers, white agents, white actors, more white white people, more producers are going to do white people. It's like those people will, you'll make, get more money. You'll get more people to um, show up and put money into it. Asian people, they just don't. Now that's what we have to change. We have to change that. You can't write this story without Asian people and it's going to be a hit, but you also have to know how to market it correctly. You can't just go do it. You can't just like make it and hope that it, it works. You have to know where your market is. And that's, again, going back to marketing. If you, marketing is so fucking valuable. And the only reason why Shang-Chi did very well or Crazy Rich Asians did well is because they put millions of dollars into the marketing. You know, something like, what was the movie? I think it was Blue Bayou. They're like, they made it for $50,000. And uh, another Asian company, Smoldbulls. I don't want to say the name. I don't want back talking, but they're there. You know who they are. Um, they asked them, "Hey, can you help us market them?" And like, it's going to cost you fifty thousand dollars. We made the movie for fifty thousand dollars. What makes you think we have an extra fifty thousand dollars just lying around? It doesn't work that way. The only reason why Crazy Rich Asians and Shang Chi did so well is because they had the marketing money. Because Warner Media and um, Marvel put money into it to make it work, and that's why it worked. That's why most people went to go see it. How many white people do you think went to go see? Um, uh, Blue Bayou or Ryan the Last Dragon because they didn't put money behind it. That's a fucking problem, man. So, man, I really want to find this for you people so you can watch it. And you can find it on my YouTube, Yimio, I think. Um, 
and for the podcast, you, I'm sorry that you're just kind of like sitting through me ranting, but you know, and hearing. But I'm glad people are, you know, even tuning in at all because you know it's just really nice to know that people kind of even, even half care. Um, but again, so becoming the script sensei method, I want to teach that. Right? There's so much. I've got a whole lesson plan to, to do that for you and, and share that. Uh, I have a 10 week master master course on how to write a screenplay and get it done and how to use your Asian American identity as the best thing for the screenplay. I want to help you people do that, right? Because I can't write that screenplay for you. You can, but I, if you're having a hard time um, making the screenplay just because you don't know where to start, know how to get in touch, it, it looks so daunting because you start with a blank page. Like, you don't have to start blank page. Start somewhere else, bit by bit. Thank you for watching that. I'm gonna, I know it's a, it's a little janky system right now, but I, the reason why I wanted to show that is because, again, that was the thing that got me my manager. I mean, that's the first thing that got me the conversation started with my manager, right? So my friend took um, Tope, Tope Nguyen, um, got me in touch with this person. They gave me the, uh, gave me, sent me your logline and your reel, and I sent them both. And that's all it was, right? Two sentences, one sentence, and that video. And he was like, it's the best fucking uh, sizzle I've ever seen. What's the story? Like, you didn't even say, like, you know, more than, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Okay, tell me the story. That's how it went. Told him the story for the next five minutes. And he was like, I'm sold. Is it a good, can you do five seasons? I'm like, yeah, it's mostly two seasons, but you can do it. Can't you do another episode? Can it be, can it be done? Uh, what's the point? And I'm like, he just got it. He understood it. He didn't even read the script. He asked for two samples of my script. And he actually said they were kind of both shit. And one was better than the other, but both kind of shit. Tons of spelling errors, tons of problems, tons of issues. He still signed me. He still signed me. And that's and that's what I want to get here. So the script, the story, the script sensei method. I'm probably gonna do the story sensei method. Probably the story sensei method. Um, is that you become the teacher, right? You become something that they don't have, right? You become the person that they look to as an expert. You might have written a good, good screenplay, but you need to become the expert at what you're doing, not just a screenwriter. Because they can get screenwriter anywhere. Become something that somebody's not. So be smart. And there's a, I can show you the best method to, way to do it, a great, um, a great practice, become disciplined, something for yourself and knowing how to do it. And that's kind of what I'm selling as a course now. Like I become that coach. I hate becoming that, that teacher, that coach, the thing you gotta, I have to sell things to. But I'm not even trying to sell you anything. The whole point is I want to make you better, faster, right? To get you where you want to be in your career in Hollywood, faster. What Asian American teacher are there who's going to help you do that? If you tell me there's an Asian American teacher doing that for Asian Americans in Hollywood, send them my way. I'll, I'll buy their course because I don't see anybody. I see every other fucking Asian American struggling struggling through their careers and that shouldn't be a thing because we've been in the, we've been in entertainment for decades almost all, over a hundred years now we've been in Asian in entertainment why don't we have great movies and great stories told by us why are we still waiting on white people telling our stories why do we still have cultural appropriation I'm not about that Rodney Toe teaches at USC Great, yes, Rodney Toe. I would love. I do know Rodney Toe. I would love to talk to him a little more. 
again, do, is he is he writing is he writing screenplays? Is he getting them sold? Is he teaching those things? He's teaching at USC. He's not a Hollywood movie star. Why do they always say? I'm sorry, Rodney. No, I love you. Whatever. I don't really know you, but you know, you're teaching at USC, right? They always say those who teach, who those who can do, those who can do do, those who can't teach. Sorry, I don't mean to be mean, but like that's your full time job, and that's a, that's a problem. I want you to be great. I want you to be a star, right? That's the whole point here. If we're trying to make Hollywood, we're not trying to become make Hollywood to be a teacher. We're trying to be Hollywood to become movie stars and tell our own stories, like. That's where we want to be. We can't be waiting for Hollywood to do that. So I want, and if you're teaching at USC, are you, do you want to pay $100,000? I don't. I don't want to take the extension. Even if the extension is $25,000, I don't want to take that. One, I don't want to go to USC. Two, is he teaching Asian American studies? Is he teaching Asian American film? Because most film schools are not teaching Asian American studies at all. Maybe Bruce Lee, maybe Jackie Chan maybe anime Wong, but I'm teaching you so much, so much more than that. I'm teaching you all these other movies and where to pull from, where to watch, where to go. If you're a Filipino American, can tell you about, um, uh, oh man, was there Elaine, uh, Elise? Oh no, I'm forgetting her fucking name. If I have, I'm on my list, you know, what movies has she been in? And when, can you tell me, Mark, can you, anybody else is Filipino on this story? Can you tell me what the first Filipino American film by Filipino Americans was and when it was? Do you know about that? Do you know when the when um you know who became the first Filipino American? Who became the who was the first uh we talked about earlier, the Korean American? Can you even remember his name at this point? Right? Who was the first Chinese American? What were the stereotypes between uh Japanese Japanese Americans? What were the stereotypes of uh Chinese Americans? What would, what did the war do? What did Philip on do during World War Two? You know? The the these Cultural studies of Asian American cinema is not being taught, and we don't know anything about it. That's why I want to teach it. One, I want to teach it because we want to watch the movies. But two, if we learn our history and we learn about what other Asian Americans have done, we start to see the power in what others have done and say, we can do that too. Right? And so we want to build that for ourselves. And I want to help you get there. And there's a better way than just writing screenplays and not knowing where to go. Especially if you haven't taken a screenplay class. If you haven't taken a screenplay class, like not that you don't need to, but they fucking help a lot. Uh, but oftentimes, they're written by they're white people. They're white people. I've only seen white people teach teach a, a screen screenwriting courses on a constant basis. Right? Look at all the screenwriting podcasts that are out there. They're only white people. That's it. There's on the page podcast with Pilar Alessandra. I think she might be Hispanic. Maybe. Um, uh, script, script notes podcast two white dudes who said who literally said there's no story with the Asian uh, the Chinese railroad I stopped listening after that they said there's not that story fuck you John August I don't know if it was you who said it but fuck you right there's no fuck there's no story there of course there's hundreds of stories of the Chinese railroad there's a lot to talk about there don't do that. I, I love um, the screenwriting life with uh, Meg Lafleur. I think that was who it is. I like those podcasts, but they're not Asian American. And anytime you bring up Asian American, they don't know what to talk about. They're like, I don't know. How many Asian American actors can you name before the year two thousand? I can name them probably at least twenty. I have a list of two hundred. Like 
that's something that we need to learn and teach and what you're writing, what you're watching. Because when you start to see that and get it, you start, it starts to perpetrate your brain and say, this is what's been done and this is how I can make it better. Right? You're going to start to see why it failed, what it, what it did right, what it did wrong, and where where why didn't it make it. I've watched some great movies that no one knows about. And you're like, okay, so why did no one know about it? And you start to see that it's the mark it's the marketing issue. They didn't know they were making is independent. They didn't have the money to market, and they couldn't market themselves. Hollywood didn't want to pick it up and market it and put it on billboards and posters and TV shows and commercials and stuff like that because they didn't want to put the money into it because they didn't think it'd do very well. They didn't think it'd return on investment, and it probably didn't get a return on investment. But it's culturally important. It was a good; these were good films, and they're super accurate, right? Because they were written by Asian Americans. I've seen there's a movie called Picture Bride. Uh, I just recently watched it with my grandmother. Uh, stars Tamlin Tomita, and it was the first Asian American film written and directed by Asian American women about Asian American women moving from Japan to Hawaii and going to the plantation fields, and it was so accurate. She actually started as started as a, a documentary film on labor laws in in Hawaii, and became into a narrative film. It's fucking good. And then when I talked to my grandma, she's like, "Oh, this is really." Really good. You know your family were picture brides, right? I'm like, I didn't. I thought, I would hope, I thought that that was a really great story. If you don't know what picture brides are, it's when uh, they take a picture. <laughs> I take a I'm the man. I'm in America. I take a picture of myself. I stand next to a nice fancy car, get a nice suit to borrow, a nice suit, show some cash, and then give back the cash because I'm fucking broke. Send a picture to Japan. In Japan, they get the movie, they get the little in-betweeners, I forgot what they're called. And um, they get a woman, take her picture, send it to the man, say, okay, that's, that's my bride now. That woman takes the bus, uh, takes the bus, takes the, gets on the boat, and comes towards the dock. Half the time, again, that's not their photo. They could be extra pretty or probably not, more likely, really not good and pretty. Or I'm like, my sister didn't want to come, so I came instead. <laughs> that happened a lot. And then like, oh, they look at the photo like, oh, this photo is not of you. This is like, oh, that's of me. 20 years ago like are you rich no i work on the farm we have to live in a hut you're gonna have my kids right that's a picture bride right and it's so like i don't know where i knew that in my conscious but that's how, that was what japanese americans did back then right and picture bride movie so fucking good hey timothy and so that was written and directed by asian american women and it made so much sense right it's from the women's perspective you wanted to see it you wanted to hear it and it did so well but nobody knows about it it's 1994 i think and it was so it was just so culturally good but you don't get those stories anymore because they don't, they cost too much money and made that happen they almost didn't make the whole film they lost a lot of stuff but even Toshiro Mifune the the sam the last the last samurai not fucking Matt Damon like or Tom Cruise like he was the last time he was in that movie. That was his last movie, right? You don't how much people how many people know about that? We want to learn about these things because when you start to see how storytelling is done by Asian Americans and where it falls and does very well and um, who's in them, you start to see a canon of people. My uncle, if you if I know, I posted up on Instagram and Clubhouse, but my uncle, his name is Saab Shimono. He's been an actor, he's been a TV and film actor since the 1970s. He's been a theater actor since 1964, 
And he's done both simultaneously for the past 50, 60 years. He's kind of retired now, but he's been on everything. And actually, if you give me one second, I'll show you this this thing. Because this is actually um, this is actually a toy of him, right? 1993, this is when he signed it. <laughs> this is my birthday. And this is him as Warlord from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. It's a toy, right? I think that's fucking cool just to see not only my uncle as a, uh, a toy, but an Asian American as an action figure way before Shang-Chi, right? That was 28 years ago. And actually, I sound like I kind of want to get a collection. Like, actually, the one, not, I don't know if it's the first one, but um, the a previous action figure was of Dante Bosco as Rufio from Hook, 1991. And I think that's so cool, too. And so... There's this whole canon of, of actors and um, people. Like, how many of you know Mako, Nobu McCarthy, um, the story of Pat Morita? I talk to say Pat Morita's name all the time. They're like, who? I'm like, Mr. Miyagi, get it in your head. Get these people, because these people have been around for decades. Do you know who Clyde Kusatsu is or Amy Hill? Uh, what about James Hong, Nancy Kwan? Uh, people, a lot of people know Anime Wong, but... You know, that's like the first woman. But how much do you know, like, everybody in between? You know, um, Yomi Ukeshi? Ukumi? Oh, man, I'm so bad. You know, even might have problems with the names, but I know they're there. I know if I just look them up, I'll get them right away, right? Um, she was the first act- actor to win, Asian-American actor to win a, a supporting role as an actress, right? And, it, that's, and those are the things that we need to see. What movies was she in, right? They've done not just one movie. They've done, like, multiple movies, Again, going back to Philip On, he did over a hundred movies. Only five of them did he play Korean. That's so weird. And so, what are we getting to today? Like all that stuff I see, reading books and research all the time is still applicable today. We still have problems. So, what are we going to change? And that's why I want to. I want to do strong Asian lead. That's why I want to help you get there. And that's why I want to coach. That's why I want to help people tell their stories. I can only do so much for actors because I'm just now getting to my acting game. Actually, seeing my teeth are actually a lot wider now. I'm looking at that. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I just I'm about to sign my contract. I've talked to my my agent today, and I was just just looking at the contract because I want to make sure my contract's correct. You know, read your contracts, people. Like I didn't really like it, but she explained everything to me, and that made a lot of sense. So now I'm okay with it. But again. No, understanding your your power i'm not an actor i don't have a reel yet I've, i'm only going out for modeling but as a film director as a screenwriter as someone who's just really i'm sorry i'm really smart at what i do i can help you coach your career right become something else don't just become the one person pat the pink panther margaret cho oh yeah what the pink panther yeah but margaret cho is amazing and again i just found another movie so timothy I said it in the top of the thing. I, another film that I just saw today um, uh, was it's called uh, "Faking the Funk." Okay, F A K I N apostrophe D A the Funk. Uh, F U N K. Right. So if you go look at that, you find it on Vimeo. It's actually a movie with Dante Bosco and Margaret Cho about a black family who's a pink power ranger. Thank you. Um, a black family who adopts a Chinese Chinese baby. I can't wait to watch it. Like. Those things are so important. Like, that was from 1997. Do we know about it? No. Again, back to Mike Mark's point, people think, see Asian Americans, um, APIs as less less valuable. 
And you can almost see that in how much money they don't put into us, right? The marketing, that's all good. That's all good. Thank, thank, Timothy, thank you anyways. Not the pink Power Ranger is Asian. You always think the yellow Power Ranger. Um, <clears throat> but they don't put enough money into it because they don't see us, again, they see us as such a small population. So how do we show them that, like, fresh off the boat, 60% of the viewerships were white people. The population, that was Michael, not me. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, 60% of the population of audiences are white people. 60% of viewerships are fresh out of the boat were white people. That's 100% of the viewing audiences were white, right, of, of that demographic. That's over-indexing. Obviously, it was over-indexed for Asian, but that's on the money for um, viewerships. And they, that's, one of the, that's one of the reasons why the show did so well. It's not because, one, it's a comedy, so it's easier to make fun of Asians and laugh at Asians than it is a drama, but they also marketed it very well. And they did it, they did the whole the whole process very well. So how are we making, again, that's Eddie Huang's movie uh, show, but then, and then you think about it, where's Eddie Huang now, right? Where, he got kicked off the show, he left the show after a couple of seasons, and then he did Boogie, but did anybody watch that? I wanted to watch it when I went to go watch it because I wanted to support opening weekend. I couldn't go watch it. The drive-in said audio stopped working. That's not good. I don't. I didn't hear any reviews. Did anybody hear anything about it? Again, no marketing. No one went to go see it because no one knew about it. I saw the trailer. I thought this is pretty cool. And it took a year. And I was on Clubhouse one day, like, oh yeah, I want to go see watch that movie Boogie. It was alright. I was like, oh yeah, Boogie. I want to watch that. Like, there's no commercials. Because we didn't know about it. Again, they're not putting money into the marketing behind it. So, how do we make Hollywood need us? How do we make the idea that Hollywood needs our stories because not only are they scraping the bottom of the barrel for the next fourth Matrix or the fourth Ted Ted and... What's his name? Something in Ted, Excellent Adventure, right? Like... How, we're doing Cobra Kai. Like that's another show that is scraping the bail of the bottom. We need new shows. Asian Americans are going to be the number one ethnic population within the next couple of years. We're the we're the fastest growing immigrant population with above everybody else in the next five years. And mixed 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 people, not just Asian or not, we're Asian like myself. We're going to be the largest population demographic. So, how are we going to change Hollywood? Because Hollywood needs to change. It's not going to be with Hollywood changing for themselves. We have to change it. So we have to, but we need their money. So we need to show them that we're valuable enough. Not only are our stats understanding that our stats are useful, and that we're the number one audience, number one ethnic audience in twenty. The difference between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty during the pandemic, Asian American viewing audience shot up sixty seven percent, which is forty percent higher than any other ethnic ethnic demographic. That's fucking huge, and we're going to need that. And with the largest buying power, as much as our discrepancies with like high high earning power with this low for earning power, which is where I'm at, um, we do still still do have the highest in earning income and buying power. So if you have the influence and the marketing strategies and the sponsorships within the shows, that's who's gonna fucking buy it. Why do you see eight new H marts hopping up all the time and 99 ranches and other Asian ethnic stores? Look at what Squid Game did for us. Now look at all how many people are loving Korean Korean culture. 
now let's do that with Asian America, right? I'll, as much as we want to bring in like Korean things and Japanese things, Filipino things, it's all coming up. It's all coming up, but it's still like foreignness. How are we still talking about how we're doing Asian America? We have a group here in New York that can make short films, even less than 30 minutes would be awesome. Uh, Timothy, you can DM me. I might know some people. Uh, I don't have too many contacts in New York anymore. Um, not that I like them, but I have some people you can hook up with and you can talk to them, but just hit me up. Um, but yeah, so just gotta, we have to start thinking about what we're going to do together. Right. And so, and what I can do for you. I, I have done a lot of research. I'm not number one screen bill writer. I'm not even sold a screenplay yet. What I can tell you is I didn't win any screenplay contests. I don't know a lot of famous people. I've only had one pitch meeting, but that one pitch meeting, I got my manager. I know what I'm doing. I know exactly where my, my path is going. I've talked to people at Netflix. I just got a new contact at Netflix today. I've talked to people at HBO. I've, uh, I've still gotten into contact with a lot of people who know a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the short list for the junior Hollywood execs um, in radio and television. Radio and Television Society, like, and I've got to manage an agent for my my acting career. Like, I've never applied to any agents, and I got the first one I picked out. So I kind of know. I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. Not even kind of. I know what I'm doing. I'm just. It's going to take a long time, just like everybody else. It takes a long time for everybody to do things. But if I can help you get to the next place, now if you're already there, you're already doing fine. Maybe you don't need me. I'm not trying to aim for you. You're not my type of not the people I need to go for. I can help you as much as I can say, you know, where's your career going to go and how do you add Asian American into your storytelling? But if you've never written a screenplay or you don't have a manager or you don't know where to go for your screenplays and how that works, what are you going to do? Who are you going to go to? Are you going to listen to podcasts for the rest of your life? Are you going to take a, a screenwriting class for with another white teacher who's going to say, and it, people don't do that. Real people don't do that. I'm like, uh, yeah, my mother does that. Her mother did that. A lot of the Chinese do that. A lot of the Japanese do that. The Filipinos do that. Just because your family doesn't do it doesn't mean other people don't. That's how we want to change it. That's how I want to help you understand what's good in your screenplay, why it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, there's a reason why it doesn't make sense. It's not that it's not good. It's that it doesn't make sense to me yet. How do we make that happen? So, anyways... I am going to do start doing these live streams more often. Um, the live stream, this is kind of fun. I kind of just like, I like having the comments live live here. I'll probably have some way to do it like on Clubhouse and this. I know, again, if you're watching on Instagram here, you can watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I, I'm able to make that happen. I don't know how I did that, but it's working. And <clears throat> But I'll, I'm, I'm going to start recording these live streams um, probably Mondays and Wednesdays, at least Wednesdays. Uh, it'll be flexible. Um, I love to talk. Uh, I have to, and if you want to be on this live stream, um, it'll basically come into our podcast. I'll be doing these live streams with the podcast. I'll be putting out episodes. But if you want to be, uh, if you want some coaching, uh, some free coaching, and you you want to just talk it out for a little bit, um, what I'll do is say, if you want to come with me, you can come on the podcast. We'll get on a Zoom call. We'll stream it live to Facebook and YouTube. We'll be on the podcast. We'll find a way to get it on Instagram, and. What I'll do is I'll, I'll ask you your questions. What kind of stories you want to write? What kind of career do you want to have? I'll help you try to get a, get a, get a sense of where your career might want to go. And then, I'll be honest, I'm going to 
sell you a little, a little package, right? There's a way I'm, I'm selling this to everybody as a package because I want to help as many people as possible. At some point, I'll be doing a masterclass where you can just buy and download all the videos. Like that's, that's how businesses work these days. At the same time, I know this can help you. And I don't want to make it crazy expensive because I don't want to afford things. I know you probably can't afford too much. You're still a struggling actor. You're still a struggling screenwriter. You're making ends meet with just the job you might have. But at the same time, if you don't invest into yourself, are you going to make how, how long is it going to take you to get there? Right? I can show you the shortcuts. And I've heard this from other people. I'm going to repeat it for, for you. If you're inside the bottle trying to read the label, it's going to be really hard to read that label. I can help you understand how to get your screenplay done faster, how to jumpstart your career and make yourself needed in Hollywood. Not just wanted, not just like, oh yeah, we'll hire you for some white show. No, that they need your show. That's the whole point. We don't want to tell white people shows anymore. And we don't want to work on people who are just going to give us microaggressions or win screenplay contests where we're going to write on white people's shows and then get fired. That's not how it's going to work. That's not what's going to help us. So let's change it. Let's do something else, right? Let's get pumped. 2022 is here. We're going to make something new for us and we're not going to let people stop us, right? And it's more than just go make your own screenplay, go make your own TV show, go make your own short film. You can do that. But I'm going to tell you, are you strategizing that? You just hoping that you're going to get into a film, play, film, uh, film festival? Good luck. <laughs> like, good luck. Like, it's, it's a good try. I admire your efforts. I admire doing that. I don't say don't write a screenplay. Just don't put your eggs into all that bucket. Because if I can tell you one more stat before we go, just for screenwriting alone, I don't know what it's like for, screen, for film festivals, but I'll tell you for screenwriting. Less than 0.01% of Asian American screenwriters get into a diversity program for writing. Let that sink in. Less than one, 0.01%. Really, it's more like 0.004. Yeah. If 1,500 people submit for a screenplay contest with as much as 10 people who get in, as much. Most, most screenplay contests, there's 10 people, but it's like one Asian, a lot of, a lot of black and Hispanic, Native American, one Asian. If, if it's for one, one screenplay contest that gets you 10 Asian Americans, so only Asian Americans submitting for that contest, that's, one, zero point, that's technically 0.004%, I think maybe 0.008%. Again, still less than 0.01%. Are you going to rely on that stat? I don't like those statistics. I don't like them at all. So what are you going to do about it? That's what I want to help. That's what I want to get you there. And that's the end of our episode. <laughs> so um, hit me up. Uh, my name is Masami Moria. I run Strong Asian Lead. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I guess now we have a YouTube channel, so I guess you can follow that now. Uh, maybe we'll go on Twitch or something. I really don't care. I hate social media. I'm doing this because I think it's fun. I like talking. I don't like to write. I don't like to blog. I don't like to make captions. I'm going to do this because it's easier for me. Join in. Share. Hit me up, follow the comments, join in anytime. Um, we'll probably have guests once I can find like a way to where you can call in, you can call in. But um, this was a lot of fun. I'm gonna see if I can record this episode and put it into a podcast thing. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, thank you so much for joining. Uh, for you people on Facebook and Insta- and YouTube, and you people on Instagram, thank you for joining in. I really appreciate the 
three constant people who stayed in anybody who showed up before and um yeah my mouth is tired and dry so thank you so much for tuning in and you know peace out happy holidays merry new i'm holiday past that <laughs> uh happy new year get it get it started get it going take care peace out Thank <laughs> you.